What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back to analyze, predict, and discuss the betting odds for all 12 fights on UFC 247. This pay-per-view is going down this Saturday night, February 8th, 2020, with the first of 12 fights starting at 6.15 Eastern Time on ESPN Plus and UFC Fight Pass, with the next four fights starting on the ESPN TV channel at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and the five main card fights starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view wherever you get that, wherever you are located in the world. The main card features two title fights. The co-main event is a women's flyweight championship bout between champion Valentina Shevchenko and challenger Caitlin Jukagian and in the main event we got John Jones defending his light heavyweight title against Dom Reyes not too excited about the title fights in this card but there are some good matchups especially at the bottom of the card the prelims and uh, Ige and Bektik on the main card should be great so I'm still looking forward to this card in general and we're actually going to start things off with the featherweight division first fight of the night we got austin lingo who is seven and oh taking on yusef salal who is seven and two the opening betting line for this one was lingo the favorite at lingo minus 500 to zalal plus 375 right now we are seeing lingo minus 190 to zalal plus 165 so pretty crazy opening line in my opinion Lingo is undefeated. He's coming off of some quick finishes. I mean, he does have some flashy knockouts where he knocks some dudes out cold. He even has some early submissions in round one. So I see why the person, the odds maker, made him the favorite, such a heavy favorite. I mean, he has five first round finishes, including his last three fights are all coming in less than a minute. But I mean, that's a huge red flag to me. It's not a good sign at all because once you get in the UFC, it's a whole different animal. I mean, Zalal is also from LFA, so this is basically like an LFA fight that was just thrown on the UFC card, but I'm still looking forward to it. I think Zalal is definitely the value side, though. I mean, I see this fight as more of a 50-50 type of fight because from what I saw Lingo on tape, he, he likes to brawl. He does not have much defense. He likes trying to go for that early finish, and he does not have very good takedown defense. He does not have good jujitsu, and even though he has some, some submissions on his record, don't let that fool you. Those are some, some crazy submissions he pulled off uh, off of some really low-level grapplers. So I really don't think that he's going to submit Zalal. I actually think Zalal is the much better grappler. I mean, I think that we saw Zalal stuff takedowns more. We saw him show some better jiu-jitsu top game on, on the canvas. So, I mean, I heavily favor the grappling towards Zalal. And even the, the striking in this one, Lingo has, has really no defense. And he could crack Zalal early and, and put him out and maybe get another first-round finish. Finish, but if he does not get that early finish, I think that Zalal is probably going to take this fight over. Might start hitting his own takedowns, maybe even outstriking Lingo as the fight goes on. So I think eventually Zalal starts getting this fight to the floor and wins the fight late. So I'm going to pick Zalal to win this one by decision. And I was actually able to bet Zalal for two units at plus 205. I mean, I thought I think this fight is more like 50-50, maybe a slight edge for Lingo because he has that power advantage and he's going to come out really aggressive. And I'm not quite sure Zalal is ready to deal with that yet, but I think that Zalal will be a good test uh, for, for Lingo. I think this will be a fun first fight to kick off the card. And with that value at over 2-1, to one, I mean, I did get in at the line at the good time because it still dropped the plus 165. Anybody who got in on him at 3-1, to one, you got a great, great line. You probably have uh, a hedging opportunity to get, make some guaranteed profits. So uh, the pick in this one is actually going to be Zalal to pull off the upset, and I'm going to go with him to get a, a decision win, possibly even a submission. 
The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We have Andre Yule, who is 15 and 6, taking on Jonathan Martinez, who is 11 and 2. The opening betting line for this one was Yule minus 190, Martinez plus 165. Right now, we are seeing Yule minus 115 to Martinez minus 105. And really looking forward to this fight. And I've kind of been scouting it for a few uh, weeks now. I was actually hoping to bet Martinez right when he came out. But for some reason, I just didn't pull the trigger when he was plus 165. Eventually, I did uh, actually bet him once he got down to around plus 110, 115. So I definitely didn't get a good price on it. Um, I missed that good action. But I mean, uh, it's still uh, technically a good price because even more money is coming in on Martinez. So I did get a good line on him. I really like Martinez in this fight. Fight. I mean, Andre Yule, I'm, I'm kind of sick of analyzing this guy. He, he's not a good fighter. He does not have a good ground game at all, like Gugabe has been saying all week. I think Andre Yule's ground game is so bad that he can't be a favorite in the UFC. And honestly, I, I agree with that. I mean, he's a, pretty much a white belt off of his back, um, and he gets taken down a lot. Even his striking is not very good. His footwork is terrible. He overextends and overcommits on all of his straight lefts. And I, I think that Martinez can outstrike him on the feet. I was really impressed with Martinez's striking against uh, Lou in his last fight. I was impressed with Martinez's grappling against Waligi Baran in his fight before that. So I think that Martinez has the ground advantage and the striking advantage in this one. So I'm happy to bet him at plus money. Right now at a pick em price, I mean, it might be a pass right now because uh, I mean, I, I could still see you betting uh, Martinez because I do really cap him as the favorite, maybe minus 150. So there is value on Martinez. But I mean, there, I mean, there was plus money for so long. You can actually still get plus money out there on some markets. So if you get that plus money, I would recommend scooping it up uh, before it disappears. And I think Martinez does win this fight. I think I could see him finishing as well. But have not seen as much finishing ability from him besides that uh, that vicious knee that he landed on Lou in round three. But I mean, Yule gasses out in the end of rounds, and he gets finished often. So uh, I could see Martinez getting that finish. So I'm just gonna pick Martinez to win this one. Let's go by with decision as the official. Pick pick but uh, also got two units on him at plus 113 over on bet dsi a, a week or so ago so i'm pretty happy with that number and picking martinez to win the next fight takes place also in the bantamweight division we have domingo Pilarte, who is eight and two taking on journey newsome who is nine and two the opening betting line for this one was Pilarte, the favorite at minus 120. Newsom, the favorite at minus 120. So a pick em, uh fight. I didn't realize this opened to pick em, honestly. I believe the early action came in uh, heavy on Pilarte. He went down to minus 150 at some points. But since then, the action has been coming back on Newsom. And I think that I agree with the action on Newsom in this one. And it's a tough fight to pick because Pilarte made his UFC debut last fight against Kolaris. And he did not look good at all. I mean, he got taken down. He got pushed up against the cage in that fight. He um, really struggled with the grappling, uh, breaking the body lock of Kolaris. Uh, he, he did have some good moments later in that fight. And he arguably won rounds two and three. And, uh, I mean, he, he could have gotten that decision. But overall, I mean, he came into that fight as like a three-to-one favorite. He did lose a close decision. And he just did not look as good as most of us expected him to. And, I mean, that's a really telling fight because Kolaris has had three fights in the UFC. It's his only win. He got 
totally outgrappled by uh, Geraldo De Freitas, taken down like seven times, got his guard passed ten times, was just dominated on the mat in that one. And Polarte really struggled with him. So, I mean, how good is, is Polarte? And you think about his uh, fight on the contender series, don't forget that he, he almost got knocked out in round one by Vince Morales. And he was able to recover really well and get a takedown in round two, get a runic and choke him, and choke him out cold. It was a crazy fight. It was a great comeback finish. And he showed a lot of heart in that fight. But, I mean, we really have not seen that much good from Domingo Polarte to, for him to be the favorite in this fight. And the same really goes for Journey Newsom because I see why the odds maker opened this at minus 120. It's a hard fight to pick, and the the, the book is going to uh, profit no matter what if you open it at minus 120 and you're not really sure. So, uh, I mean, Newsom, his only fight in the UFC was a short-notice loss to Ricardo Hamos uh, not too long ago. And I think he showed some pretty good skills in that fight. I mean, he was going kick for kick, throwing some hard leg kicks at Hamos. Uh, he looked like he had a good understanding of boxing. He just couldn't get into that range because Ramos was so much longer than him. And he might face similar issues here with Plarte, but if Newsom starts committing to some punches, I mean, Plarte's defense is real bad. He has that tall man's defense. He's pulling his head straight back in a line. And I think that uh, Newsom could probably uh, land some, some power strikes on him. He throws some good, hard spinning back kicks. He is He's hard to hold on uh, hold down on the mat. Hamos uh, tried taking his back, taking him down a few times, but he popped right at, back up to his feet. And he even escaped a back take from Hamos at one point, too. So I think he's real powerful. He's fast. He, he's going to be able to possibly scramble out of Polarte's back takes, scramble out of uh, Polarte's takedowns, and really make Polarte work uh, in this fight. And uh, I mean, I'm happy to take the plus money on Newsom, even though uh, it, it's probably not going to be a, a good bet in retrospect. I, I don't know. I'm getting a bad feeling about this one uh, after after me making the bet. I made the bet when I uh, watched tape a few days ago. Uh, I might I might hedge out of it. Who knows? I might let it ride. But I think I bet uh, Newsom at, at plus 108 uh, or somewhere around there. Uh, I'll have to double check the price. It'll be on my bet MMA page uh, later in the week. But uh, I think Newsom can scramble out of the the, the t- uh, takedown attempts and back take attempts from Polarte, which is his bread and butter, and maybe you have make uh, Polarte push a pace a little bit, getting uh, Polarte tired, and I think Newsom, his cardio looked great on short notice versus Hamos, and even though uh, I don't see a clear path to victory for, for Newsom in this one, besides just out kickboxing him and stuff and takedowns, I, I think he has the athleticism uh, and the skills to beat uh, Polarte here, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Newsom a bit win by decision, but this is not a confident pick, and probably uh, just a pass in the betting window. The next fight takes place in the Bantamweight division. We got Miles Johns, who is 10-0, taking on Mario Bautista, who is 7-1. The opening betting line for this one was Johns, the favorite, at minus 245 to Bautista, plus 175. Right now, we are seeing Johns minus 132, Bautista plus 110. So a ton of action coming in on Bautista. I totally agree with it. I honestly think that Bautista could be the favorite here. I think that Miles Johns looked really bad in his debut against Cole Smith. I had him losing rounds one and two of that fight, and somehow he got the decision. Uh, I mean, they were kind of close rounds. I could I could see him going back and forth, but I thought it was pretty clear that Smith won. John's got his back taken a few times in that fight by Smith, uh, one time standing, one time on the ground. Uh, it just seems like he, he's a wrestler at heart, and he doesn't really have much jiu-jitsu to go along with it. He struggles turning his takedowns in top position. He struggles with uh, some of the submission grappling positions, like getting his back taken. So, I mean, I, I think that's a very dangerous uh 
spot to be in here against Bautista, who's, who's got a ground game. He's got some slick jujitsu off of his back, and I think that his striking is really where it's at. I mean, Bautista is, in my opinion, no question going to be winning the striking in this one. Bautista, his striking is great. I mean, I really enjoyed watching his fight against uh, Jinsu Sun. He did great work in the clinch. He threw a a lot of close-range elbows, throwing knees in the clinch. His, his boxing and kicks look great, too. He was using all eight limbs. He had a good a good uh, concept of defense. He was stuffing takedowns. I mean, it was a really, really good performance from Bautista in that fight. And I think that he has all the skills uh, to, to beat Johns here. I mean, he's got the cardio. Uh, his output was crazy in that fight. He landed like well over 100 strikes in that fight versus Sun. And I mean, Johns really struggled. His gas tank didn't look good versus Smith. And I mean, I, I'm not impressed at all with with, uh, with Johns. In my opinion, he was pretty lucky to, to win that decision that in that last fight. So uh, besides Johns hitting takedowns and improving his top position and maybe... Uh, Maybe some freak outcome with the finish. I, I don't see Miles Johns winning this fight. I actually think Bautista could be the favorite in this one. And uh, I got two units on Bautista at, at plus money. I forget the number. Uh, I bet a lot of dogs early in this card, as you can see. So I'll update you all with the prices at the end of the card. But the pick is going to be Bautista uh, to, to win this one by decision. The next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We got Alex Morono, who is 17-5, taking on Kalen Williams, who is 9-1. The opening betting line for this one was Morono, the minus 195 favorite to Williams plus 155. Right now we are seeing Morono minus 325 to Williams plus 265. So more action coming in on the UFC experience guy, Morono. Kalen Williams is coming in here making his UFC debut on about 10 days notice and I mean the, the guy has been really active lately I mean he's got a, a deep amateur background career uh, with something like 15 fights in his amateur career and he only went pro uh, three two or three years ago and he's already racked up 10 fights he's fought uh five six times in the past uh, year and a half alone so i mean the dude is really active uh he's not fighting and beating the best of competition and his skills don't really look up to par uh in my opinion to to, to be let alone be in the ufc and certainly not to be Morono, who's actually a pretty decent fighter so i mean not too much analysis is going into this one uh, i i think that uh williams has shown way too many weaknesses on uh, on tape his defense on the feet he's been taken down he's got his uh, his back taken before he's gotten really close to being submitted so i think that morono is actually pretty likely to finish williams here which is how sloppy he is and uh you know not not the most uh, analytical take on this fight uh because uh, there's not i mean there's a decent amount of footage on williams out there but i mean i thought i saw what i had to see uh after it was just watching two or three of his most recent fights and uh, i think i get them the feeling that morono is going to roll in this one he's he's beaten uh, some pretty good guys like zach Otto uh finished him in the first round and he's also coming off of a decision win uh, over um Max Griffin, where he looked good in that fight. Didn't look so good in the third round, but he's also coming off a decision off of Keenan Song not too long ago. So Moreno's put together a, a good little streak in his past few fights, and he should be uh, more than capable of uh, beating uh, Williams here and I, I understand all the people coming in on him and betting him up into three to one I mean he could be minus 400 here honestly so uh, the pick is Bruno I'm gonna go with uh, submission to get it done the next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We got Andrea Lee, who is 11 and three, taking on Lauren Murphy, who is 11 and four. 
the opening betting line for this one was Andrea Lee minus 305, Murphy plus 225. Right now we are seeing Lee minus 365 to Murphy plus 305. So more action coming in on the heavy favorite Andrea Lee in this one. And I think I'm a bit surprised by this one, honestly. And I mean, I understand people just maybe maybe throwing Lee in parlays because she is a very uh, well-rounded fighter. I was actually pretty high on KGB Lee up until her last fight versus Calderwood. And there are a lot of factors about that fight. It was in Abu Dhabi. It was a really close fight. Uh, Abu Dhabi being as it was like 100 degrees in the arena that day. I see a lot of people making excuses about that for anyone who lost that night. It is basically the, their next fight. People are like, oh, yeah, the, the heat made them lose. Um, I don't I don't buy that narrative. I think the league got beat by Calderwood that night, uh, although I, I should go back and rewatch that fight. I, I didn't I didn't do that much analysis in the, into this fight. I, I rewatched Murphy's uh, not finish over Mara Romero Barella. That was a, a random, the most random knockout I've ever seen. Um, I mean, it was a nice it was a nice knee for Murphy, but I mean, I see Lee as the much more technical fighter. I think she's better on the feet. She's got the better ground game. Uh, I don't think Lee will get takedowns in this fight. She's, she only really took down uh, the really unskilled grapplers. I mean, Murphy is a well-rounded fighter as well. I mean, she's just a few steps behind Lee, way slower. And I think that Lee will probably uh, beat her wherever she really wants to. I'll strike her on the feet, hit takedowns if she chooses. Again, not the most analysis on this fight. I mean, I do think it's dog or pass, though. I mean, I think that after Lee lost her last fight as a big favorite and maybe had some trouble with her gas tank and had some trouble uh, with the striking of, of Joanne Calderwood uh, I think that you gotta lay off I don't think you can be betting her at over three to one I don't think you should be throwing her in parlays and I don't think you should be totally confident that that Andrew Lee even wins this fight we might see Lauren Murphy win a round or two somehow even though she seems outgunned and I cannot see a, a path to victory for her in this one so uh, I'm going to pick Lee to win by decision um, but I I think this is dogger pass the next fight takes place in the middleweight division we have trevin giles who is 11 and 2 taking on antonio arroyo who is 9 and 3 the opening betting line for this one was giles the favorite at minus 195 to arroyo plus 155 since then money coming in on the dog arroyo he is now down to plus 120 giles is minus 140 so more action coming in on arroyo as the dog and i get it uh it seems like a pretty even fight i'd say 60 40 maybe even 65 35 in favor of giles i mean giles i think is the much better fighter uh, of the two I, I mean both of these guys are hard to trust though giles especially I mean, he he looked good uh beating Braga Neto and beating Bocinovich or something like that then took a long time off and he came back versus Zach Cummings his boxing was looking good he, he always had good boxing and was boxing up Cummings for the first two rounds then gets caught with an overhand left and tapped out with a guillotine in round three and he was beating uh, Gerald Mearshar in a pretty close fight. It was some back-and-forth grappling exchanges. But, I mean, he landed takedowns on uh, GM3. He kept some top position. He stuffed some takedowns from GM3 in that fight. And, I mean, he held GM3 on his on his back for a while. So, he, uh, he has some decent top game. And I think that he could possibly hit takedowns and keep top on Arroyo, who really struggled with takedowns uh, versus Mooney's. But let me finish up on Giles before I jump over Arroyo. Giles' most recent fight against GM3, he was winning the fight. And in round three, he 
goes for a single leg, gets caught in a guillotine, and, you know, gets choked out unconscious. I mean, he was tapping. Unfortunately for him, the referee didn't see it, and he had to go out cold. Um, But, I mean, it just seems like he loses focus in round three. It seems like he has trouble putting together three-round performances, and he honestly doesn't have a win in, like, two or three years in the UFC. So, it's a risky bet, but, I mean, from what I saw in Arroyo in that debut fight against Muniz, he also has a lot of weakness for weaknesses first of all he gassed really bad in that fight it might have been the nerves but in round one he was huffing and puffing and looked pretty shook in there uh, i don't like to, to make like you know silly judgments like that but he got hit with an illegal knee at one point and he took about a two minute break to to really recover and gather himself slow down his breathing because it looked like he he started a little too fast got in some uh, some crazy grappling exchanges and looked a little tired and uh, he really never recovered though he got taken down over and over in that fight he could couldn't get off his back. Um, he, I, there were some moments where he was on top. He and at the end of round two and round three, he was able to escape bottom position and get on top of the feet. Uh, and it, it basically ended like Muniz laying on his back and Arroyo standing over him doing nothing. He was so tired that he couldn't do anything with the top position. I mean, he had an uh, position to ground and pound Muniz. He was he was dog tired and he couldn't do it. So I mean, Arroyo on tape, he, he looked decent. He he was throwing some really nice kicks and uh, his kicks are. Dead definitely his best attribute but his boxing did not look that good i mean he was getting boxed up by muniz in round one who muniz appeared to me as pretty much primarily a grappler and then he started outboxing arroyo in that round one which was really shocking to me so getting down to this matchup if it's on the feet i see it being giles's punches versus uh, arroyo's kicks and giles does kind of run into body kicks sometimes he did that versus gm3 a few times and it could be a problem in this fight if he runs into a real hard southpaw body kick from from arroyo it could put him down or he could get hit with a head kick as well but uh, outside of that, I mean, I give Giles a big edge in the boxing. I think he has better offense, defense, and the takedowns. I got to give Giles that advantage. The jiu-jitsu, the top game, uh, also an advantage for Giles. So I think Giles can win this fight standing, out kickboxing, Royal, maybe even knocking him out on the feet or hitting takedowns and out grappling him. Uh, on the ground so uh, i'm going to pick giles in this one i think that he it should be minus 195 i do agree with that opening line minus 190 around the 65 percent uh, mark is where i cap uh, giles for this fight it's real hard to trust him though even though we're at minus 140 right now and there's a lot of value on that line you, you really got to be careful with it with these things considering the guy has uh has kind of uh, pissed away two fights in a row getting uh choked out in both of those round threes and his most two, two recent fights so uh hard to hard to bet giles i have not bet him myself although as i mentioned there is value on his line uh the pick is giles i actually think he, he might get a knockout on a row here but let's go with decision just to be safe uh although you never i mean if i were giles i would go for the knockout i would go for the finish because he clearly has trouble putting together three round performances and arroyo's defense is really susceptible so i'm actually gonna change my pick let's go with uh giles by knockout now we're moving on to the main card. Five fights on the main card. First one kicking off in the heavyweight division. We got Derek Lewis, who is 22 and seven, taking on Iri Latifi, who is 14 and seven. The opening betting line for this one was Derek Lewis, the favorite, at minus 265 to Latifi plus 185. Right now we are seeing Lewis minus 225 to Latifi plus 185. So uh, two action coming in on this fight. The early action came in on. on uh, 
looks like Latifi. I mean, the steady action has been coming in on Latifi, and rightfully so. I mean, two eight minus two sixty five, two eighty five for Derek Lewis. That's insane. I mean. He, he's a great personality. He, he brings some funny fights to that octagon. I personally love watching the guy fight because he's he's just a hilarious fighter. And he always puts on entertaining bouts. I mean, I was re-watching that fight versus uh, uh, Ivanov uh, yesterday. And, man, I was smiling through the whole fight. It was such a, a fun fight to watch. Derek Lewis got taken down a few times in that fight and was in some bad positions. He was in mounted crucifix. He was in side control of the Sambo uh, guy, uh, Ivanov. And what do you know? Derek Lewis explodes up to his feet, stands up, and escapes to positions. Man, it was just a real fun fight to watch. I mean, he barely won that fight. I mean, it was a close fight. He spent some time on his back, and even the moments on the feet, he wasn't decisively winning. But uh, the crowd was behind Lewis, uh, and he I think he did win the fight, to be honest. Um, so he did win that decision. And honestly, it was one of his his most well-rounded performances. He showed that uh, it looked like his athleticism looked pretty good. He didn't have any trouble with his back. He was escaping uh, bad positions on the ground. He had some decent output in round three. And he's always had good round threes too. Cardio has never been a, a huge issue for Lewis. So, I mean, I, you, you got to love Lewis. Uh, he's a fun fighter to watch. Not the most technical. And uh, he has another good matchup here versus Latifi. Latifi moving up from 205. Uh, suffered a, a few losses in a row, got get knocked out by uh, Ozdemir in his last fight and dropped the decision before that to Corey Anderson. I mean, he's fighting the best of the best at light heavyweight, so, or, well, you know, the best of what you can get at light heavyweight. So I understand, uh, I mean, he's not totally shot yet, I don't think, although he did look pretty uh, athletically declined in that fight versus Ozdemir. But, you know, you don't want to take that in, into too much consideration because in that round one versus Corey Anderson, his boxing still looked pretty good. He was throwing some power punches, catching Anderson on the chin. So, I mean, Latifi is going to be is going to be a dog here, I think, honestly. I think that if this fight stays standing, it's not going to be a sure thing that Lewis is just outboxing him. I think it could be really competitive with Latifi possibly landing the power punches on the feet. And Latifi could be hitting takedowns. I mean, the guy has gone for a lot of takedowns through his, throughout his career. He hit a lot of takedowns versus uh, Tyson Pedro and John Vellante pretty recently. Multiple takedowns in those fights. And with the way that Lewis got taken down so easily by Ivanov and Round two, he got body locked for a second, and he practically fell right over into a takedown. So uh, Lewis's takedown defense is not good. He also got taken down throwing a kick in round one versus Ivanov. So uh, Latifi has opportunity to get this fight to the floor, and even on the feet, it's not a, a sure thing that Latifi is going to lose. I actually think uh, Latifi is live on the feet. I think that he could land some power punches on the chin of Lewis and possibly win rounds. It really depends how Latifi's cardio looks at, at two at a heavyweight he's not going to be cutting weight he's not going to be dieting for the first time uh, in a long time so that always concerns me i mean when you're dieting when you're cutting weight you're going to be uh, much more committed to training to your cardio to conditioning and when you're you don't have to do that for the first time in a while you might slack off in that conditioning you're you're who knows how your 15 minute cardio is going to look at that, that new weight class carrying all that new weight so it's uh latifi's got a lot of question marks in my opinion but at plus 185 man that's value uh, i think that this is still a pretty low level heavyweight fight 
even though these guys are uh, you know well-known heavyweights don't let it confuse you this is still pretty low level uh, MMA and uh, a lot of shit could happen here Derek Lewis has lost to, to worse fighters than Latifi I mean he was losing to Mar uh, Marcin Tabura he got knocked out by Junior Dos Santos who hasn't been looking so good lately he was getting boxed up by Volkov he's very vulnerable so um the, the pick is going to be Lewis, I guess I got to go with him, but I mean, Latifi is real live in this fight, I mean, I've kind of just been talking myself into him uh, over the past few minutes, uh, and maybe my fandom of, of, uh, of Lewis is kind of blinding me to this, but I mean, Latifi could very well win this fight, um, so I, I'm going to pick Lewis to win by decision, I think that he has the more experience, or he has more accustomed to heavyweight, and he might be better suited to to fight for the full three rounds and maybe win those two later rounds if Latifi headhunts early and gasses himself out like he often does. Uh, it's going to be a fun fight to kick off the card. Uh, Derek Lewis always delivers except for that one time versus Ngano, and I'm sure this will be another fun fight, and um, I'm going to go with uh, Lewis by decision. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We got Mursad Bektik, who is 13-2, taking on Dan Ige, who is 12-2. The opening betting line for this one was Ige minus 135 to Bektik -105. Right now we are seeing Bektik as the favorite at minus 135 to Ige plus 115. So it looks like the early action came in on Bektik right away. Ige shot up to plus money pretty quickly. The highest he got was around plus 130. And honestly, I think this this fight is lined pretty appropriately where it's at. I don't agree with Ige opening up as the favorite, even though I have been really impressed with what I've seen from him lately. I think he's making like huge leaps and strides in, in his technique, fight to fight. I mean, he's gotten some finishes along the way. And his, that last fight against Aguilar, I think, was his best performance. He showed real good cardio and pressure in that fight. He was boxing up Aguilar. I mean, Aguilar was supposed to outbox Ige in that fight, and Ige had to hit takedowns and he did hit some takedowns i believe in that fight and uh he's got real good timing on his level changes too ige does but what really impressed me the most was ige's boxing in that one he dropped aguilar with the left hook and just had a real good pace and i mean he showed some real good boxing out of nowhere in that fight in my opinion it, it, I did not see anything showing that he could box that well in his first few fights in the ufc um but Bektik is also very well-rounded. He's had some some rough couple of fights lately. I mean, I, I think he had that split decision against uh, Lamas where he didn't look great. He got knocked out by Emmett in round one. He, of course, had that uh, notorious... Uh, come from behind or notorious fight where he, he lost a fight he was winning comfortably against Elkins not too long ago so I mean Bektik has not looked great lately he's definitely lost a lot of his um, contender uh, aura he had about him and I, I still like him in this fight, though. I, I still think that even though I like Ige and I like the improvements he's made, I think that Bektik is going to be a tough matchup because Bektik's takedown defense is good. Yeah, he, it's very good. I mean, he can hit his own takedowns, too. I mean, the guy's wrestling is legit. He actually has 100% takedown defense in the UFC. He hasn't fought the, the craziest of wrestlers, um, but, I mean, the guy's takedown defense is technical. He knows how to how to ding an underhook real well. He, he's got good concept of, of all types of takedown defense uh, knowledge and I think that Ige could struggle taking Bektik down and on the feet I think that it, it, it'll be real close I mean uh, Bektik has not shown too too great boxing lately. I mean he has a weakness in his defense for sure he's real open to the right hand in the pocket and that's what uh, Josh Emma was able to catch him with a couple times and eventually Emma dropped him with a jab and finished him up with some ground and pound so 
I mean, I think it's hard to bet Bektik as a favorite. I'm not going to be betting Bektik at all in this one. Uh, I think that it's a dog or pass fight. I think the Ige could could uh, dog this one out with just outstriking Bektik on the feet. Maybe he comes in with a great game plan and doesn't go for takedowns and just straight out kickboxes Bektik. That would be a good plan. But he's probably going to have to defend some takedowns of his own because if Bektik starts getting outstruck, he's going to be shooting his own takedowns and he can hit those too because he took down Lamas. I mean, he, he has got some good clinch striking as well i mean he's very well rounded so uh i think that bektik wins this decision 29 28 i think it's gonna be a real fun competitive fight i will be cheering for Ige and this one to pull it off and it could be a good live betting fight to look out for if it's 1-1 heading into the third i think that uh, Ige honestly might be a good bet so uh, i'm gonna be passing on the money lines in this fight uh pre-fight but looking to live bet it and really looking forward to this fight it's my favorite fight on the card and uh can't wait uh, for it. I'm really excited they put it on the main card too. Next fight on the main card is in the heavyweight division. We got Justin Taffa who is three and one taking on Juan Adams who is five and seven or five and two. Excuse me. Uh, the opening betting line for this one is Adams the favorite at minus one eighty five to Taffa plus one forty five. Right now we are seeing Adams minus two fifty to Taffa plus two ten. So. More action coming in on the favorite Adams in this one. And, man, this fight has been getting a lot, a lot of discussion. I've seen people have been talking on this fight uh, on Twitter, like, a lot. People were betting uh, Adams early. A lot of people are criticizing them. Personally, I don't get being really heavily invested in this fight i mean i think there's a lot better spots on the card to bet and uh, i do think it's a favorite or pass situation i do think that adams is the far better fighter tafa is not ufc level he's actually a really terrible fighter and he he swings wild punches on the feet he's not even a good striker no concept of defense he ran hands down by his waist, face forward into that right hand from Jorgen De Castro, and knocked him out cold in one punch. It was one of the knockouts of the year, and I mean, Tafa got slept in that fight. It, it was it was great to watch. I, I honestly cracked up when I watched it yesterday. Like I, I forgot how funny it was. Uh, so Tafa fights real emotional. He he likes just brawling and throwing wild punches on the feet. He's got no technique. His ground game is real bad too. I mean he has no idea how to uh to, to get off his back i mean he he's got real no jujitsu he gets taken down easily no ground game so i mean adams i give the advantage to him everywhere adams has the more technical boxing he's got the reach more experience uh fighting mma especially at this level he's got some ufc wins he actually has some some decent kicks he throws from time to time as well and adams can hit takedowns he has a decent ground game as well uh he showed that versus uh bueller i believe uh i I mean, I, I do understand, uh, uh, no, versus De La Rocha, that's right, he, he really dominated Chris De La Rocha on the ground uh, in, in that fight, so uh, I think this is going to be a clear win for Adams, I mean, it's, it is heavyweight MMA, people, or Adams could get caught on the feet, but I mean, with how sloppy and uncoordinated Tafa's striking is, I would be pretty surprised to see Adams uh, get knocked out in this one, even though he did kind of lay an egg in his last fight versus Greg Hardy, so... Uh, I think that Adams outboxes Tafa on the feet. is probably going to take him down and finish him on the ground at some point in round two. So the pick is going to be Adams TKO round two. 
The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division for the UFC women's flyweight title champion. Valentina Shevchenko is 18 and 3. Caitlin Chukagian is 13 and 2. The opening betting line for this one was Valentina Shevchenko minus 600 to Chukagian plus 400. Right now we are seeing Shevchenko minus 1,000 to Chukagian plus 650. So. Huge favorite, Shevchenko, as she's always going to be, apparently, uh, in the flyweight division at least. She seems to be just be ahead of all the competition that's in her division. But I would like to remind everyone that this is Women's Makes Martial Arts. And that, that there are two instances of fights that I think uh, alone, just, just just going back and referencing these two fights, I don't think that, that, that Shukagan should be this much of an underdog. The first one is Nunez versus Drain Demand. Drain? Jermaine Duranime. That fight happened uh, just about two months ago. And Nunes is the best pound-for-pound female fighter in the world. She's the double champion. But she gassed out in seven minutes. And she was desperately hitting takedowns and laying and praying uh, versus Jermaine Duranime. And it was probably one of the lowest-level UFC title fights that ever took place. I mean, I think Nunez's stock crashed in that fight heavily. Uh, I mean, I think women's MMA stock in that fight crashed heavily. The fact that the the number one pound-for-pound female in the world was out there gassed out and laying and praying for 15, 20 minutes straight was was embarrassing, to be honest. And then the other fight is going to be Roxanne Montefiore versus uh, Macy Barber. Barber was a minus 1,000 favorite in that fight, and in retrospect, she... It was it was completely wrong. It was Roxanne Montefiore should have been the favorite, and I mean I I drank the Kool Aid on that one. I thought Barber was gonna dominate, and after watching that fight, I'm pretty confident to say that Barber or, or excuse me Roxanne Montefiore wins that fight seven out of ten times. She should have been the favorite, and she was one of the biggest underdogs in MMA, in MMA history, the biggest underdog in in women's MMA history to win a fight. So. I mean, that, that goes to show that there's some wacky stuff going on in the world of women's MMA. And I think that Chukagian is is certainly legit. I mean, she's well-rounded. She's got good striking. She has a ground game that she doesn't really show too often. But I think it's some pretty sneaky good jiu-jitsu off of her back. And she's not very hard. Or she's hard to take down as well. And... I mean, Shevchenko is great. I mean, she has dominated her most recent opponents, like I and and Carmouche. Uh, but come on, like those those aren't that those aren't the highest level fighters. And I mean, Chukagian isn't much better than them. But I think that Chukagian presents some difficult problems for Shevchenko, mostly in in the kickboxing area. I think that. Uh, just the matchup will be will be interesting to see. It'll be the Shevchenko in the southpaw who has out of I think a pretty big reach disadvantage versus Chukagian. And I just wish Chukagian was a little more aggressive, had a little higher output. I mean, she is a very technical striker and she wins fights on points. She beat Jennifer Maya on points and she's beat a lot of women on points and put on some pretty safe performances doing so. But you can't be safe against Shevchenko. You can't be safe and outkickbox her 15 strikes to 14 strikes in, in a round and expect to beat the champion. You're going to have to be really aggressive. You're going to have to throw a lot of output. You're going to have to put on the best performance of your career. And I think, honestly, Chukagian is capable of doing that. I, I don't think her chances are great of doing it. But I would agree with Shevchenko around the, the opening line of minus 600 i put her chances at around 86 percent any higher i really don't think 
any woman on earth could be higher than that. I mean, Shevchenko, sure, I mean, it sounds kind of silly considering that Shevchenko did live up to her price tag versus I and versus Carmouche, but I mean, I fought really terribly versus uh, Shevchenko. She was moving in a, in a linear line, not having no answer to the kicks and just uh, was a basic body kick to head kick setup and it knocked her out cold. And Carmouche is, uh, I believe, way past her prime, got completely dominated in that fight. And, and Shevchenko will probably look to hit, hit takedowns again in this fight like she did versus Carmouche, look to keep top position and win another awfully boring decision. Um, but, I mean, it, I really don't think that she, she should do that. I mean, like I said, the, the stock of women's MMA after that Nunes fight crashed. And if Shevchenko puts in another boring performance like she did versus Carmouche, I mean, it's going to be bad for her career and bad for women's MMA. So I, for the hope... Uh, uh, the sake of the sport, I hope Shevchenko comes out here and chases a finish and uh, looks to maybe submit Chukagin on the ground. Uh, even if even if Shevchenko wants to, if she if she wants to keep this fight standing and look to, to really do damage on Chukagin, she should be the more damaging striker. I mean, she throws strikes with a lot more power. I think she's got the better round winning skills, uh, and uh, I think technique obviously would go to Shevchenko as well. She throws uh, better power punches. Is a better counter striker. She's better than Chukagin in a lot of ways so unless Chukagian is more aggressive and has a better output than she ever has and finds a home for her leg kicks and her jab and starts frustrating Shevchenko stuff some takedowns I mean a lot a lot of things have to go right like I just said she has to be more aggressive that's one she has to be she has to be throw with a little more damage you know she has to throw her strikes a little harder than she usually does because she she throws pretty lightly sometimes i mean she outpoints her fighters she's gonna have to do damage and make shevchenko uncomfortable make her respect her striking that's one she's gonna have to stuff takedowns that's another she's gonna have to uh find her range which is that that long range where she can use her reach advantage i mean a lot of things have to go right for jukagian to win i do think jukagian wins around maybe even two but eventually loses her way to a decision. Uh, I, I don't think the fight will be very exciting. I mean, just the style matchup between the two, I, I just can't see it being exciting. I mean, I have I know people who have a hard time watching Chukagian fight norm, uh, other women's flyweights. Personally, I really enjoy watching her fight because her decision line is always like minus 110 and it hits every time. Like it's like four or five fights in a row. Her decision line has been an incredible price and she's been a cash cow lately. So I, I like her watching her fight. But uh, I mean, Shevchenko, on the other hand, not the most exciting fighter to watch. And I think that this, the way the style matchup, it, it's not going to be entertaining. It's going to be a boring co-main event. Uh, I, my prediction for UFC 246 about the boring co-main event between Holm and Pennington was accurate so i'm on a bit of a hot streak here and uh I, i'm gonna pick shevchenko to win by decision let's go with 49 46 shevchenko sorry if i talked about that fight for too long but we're moving on to the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division we got john jones champion 25 and 1 taking on dom reyes the challenger who is 12 and 0 the opening betting line for this one was jones minus 400 to Dom Reyes plus 300. Right now we are seeing Jones minus 450, Reyes 
plus 360. So a little bit more action coming in on Jones. There's definitely some two-way action in this one. If I had to guess, I'd say that the big tickets are coming in on Jones and a lot of smaller tickets are coming in on Reyes. Um, although I know some people out there who, who are betting Reyes and are, are throwing some, some, some cash on that dog and they think that he's a good style matchup to, to dethrone John Jones. And I'll give a quick quick disclaimer about John Jones, and I, I think that he is declining. I think that that fight versus Thiago Santos, I watched the fight last night. I scored it live on my Twitter, and I had Thiago Santos edging the effective striking in rounds one, two, four, and 5. John Jones won round 3 pretty clearly. It was the most decisive round of all. But in rounds 1, 2, 4, and 5, Jones was not throwing any output. He, his, he was going leg kick for leg kick with Santos. He wasn't throwing any punches. He was doing the bare minimum he could to win. He wasn't attempting any takedowns. And he was eating hard kicks from Thiago Santos. He was not counter-striking Thiago Santos. He ate a lot of body kicks from the southpaw stance from Santos. And, I mean, Jones showed a lot of weaknesses in that fight. I mean, I cannot believe that he left that fight in the hands of the judges and almost lost his belt in such a close fight when the fight was there for the taking. I mean, the takedown could have been there. He, he wasn't shooting. He uh, caught a kick and tried. Tried to make it a takedown in round one. It, it failed, and he never went back to it. And he never thought of taking it down, taking him down again. He didn't clinch with him at all. I mean, Jones clinched a ton versus uh, Anthony Smith. He took Anthony Smith down a ton, and. I mean, Smith is technically a black belt on the ground. So I mean, I don't understand why he wouldn't go to take down. Santos, considering Santos has been tapped out by in the UFC before, uh, he's gotten taken down a, a bunch of times before. Uh, he got his, I think, his back taken by like Eric Anders or something like that. Uh, I mean, you know, there was a, 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 a huge weakness on the ground for Santos, and all that bullshit about him wanting to beat him in his own area. I don't buy that. I, I think that there there was something wrong with Jones where he couldn't shoot takedowns. Maybe it was the damage his legs were taking. Maybe it's just his knees don't have it anymore to shoot takedowns. I mean, he, he did shoot a nice shot versus uh, Gustafson in round two. Uh, three he was struggling taking down Gus earlier in that fight though he I mean he got I think two takedown attempts stuffed in round one of that fight and then eventually forgot about the takedown for a while and then in round three blasted a real nice double past Gustafson's guard mounted him and pounded him out for mount it was a very efficient finish of Gustafson but I don't rate Gustafson very highly at all I think he's a pretty bad fighter and I mean that win it was a it was an efficient finish I will give him that the way he took him down past mounted everything was very well done about it uh and if he if he gets that type of takedown on reyes i think he can do the same thing if he gets a, a takedown in open space like a double leg a single leg he probably will keep reyes down he might pass guard might finish reyes at some point um i mean i don't i haven't seen anything from reyes to believe that he can get off of his back if he gets taken down in the center of the cage but what i have seen from reyes is that he can defend takedowns well against the cage i mean the guy's got real long arms he's got a super long frame a huge torso he's six foot four he's going to be one of the guys who matches the size with jones in there for a change and i think he's going to be real hard to take down against the cage because he's going to be pushing his back and his butt against the cage he's going to be using his long arms to prevent the takedown and he has pretty good get-ups. I mean, he got taken down by Wideman once or twice. He bounced back up to his feet. He did the same thing versus Ostemir a few times. So, I mean, Reyes has... He, he doesn't try to fool around with jujitsu. He doesn't try to play guard. He knows he wants to get uh, back to his feet. 
So I think that against the cage, if John Jones is shooting takedowns against the cage, he could struggle and he could maybe waste some energy and not get Reyes down. Reyes could get back up to his feet. And if John Jones wants to pursue takedowns in this fight, I suggest that he does it in open space, shooting double legs, shooting single legs, maybe looking for a body lock uh, inside outside trip of some sort, or catching a kick of Reyes and turning that into a takedown. But I mean, I think Jones's athleticism has declined a lot, and I think that he really doesn't have uh, the style to grapple for multiple rounds in a row. I mean, he looked really sloppy in the grappling versus. Uh, Anthony Smith and where he that was a fight where he did have a lot of grappling I mean he he made a lot of errors he tried passing guard and he looked pathetic trying to pass Smith's guard he uh, threw an illegal knee to the head of, of Anthony Smith in the middle of that fight I mean really weird in fight decisions John Jones has been making lately and I mean, John Dominic Reyes, let's get over to him and talk about him for a little bit because I don't think Reyes is that good, honestly. I think that his striking is is good, I guess. I mean, it's not great. I mean, it's good for light heavyweight. I mean, he has some decent boxing, a nice straight left hand, uh, a nice left kick from time to time. But, I mean, his footwork, his combinations, they're not there. I mean, he doesn't have... He, even in a pure kickboxing fight, I think that he he might get out kickboxed by John Jones. I mean, I think that Thiago Santos is honestly a better striker than Reyes is. So, I mean, I don't give Reyes a great chance at, at knocking Jones out at all. I mean, I really see that as unlikely, um, considering how just uh, Jones' style is really avoiding the pocket, just pulling his head straight back in the line. And I don't think Reyes has the, the combination skills or the, the range skills to find the chin of Jones in any of those uh, those pullback exchanges. I'd say Reyes' best chance of winning this fight is honestly by decision, is by beating Jones on output just like Thiago Santos did, by landing the more cleaner, harder strikes throughout the rounds. I mean, we could see Jones in another low output fight like versus Santos, but I mean, if I'm imagining Jones's game plan, I think he must know that he came real close to losing that Thiago fight and that he needs to be more aggressive if he wants to keep his belt uh, from going on forward. So I think he will be a little more aggressive in this fight. I think that he might have a higher output on the feet. I think we could see him pursue takedowns. I think Jones's win probability really pursue, depends on if he pursues takedowns. I mean, if he pursues takedowns heavy, he probably is going to win at like an 86% rate, like a minus 600 rate. But if he's trying to kickbox and do the same shit he did versus Santos, it's going to be look more like minus 300, minus 200. So I give Reyes a small chance at, at finding a home for his left body kick, finding a home for those leg kicks that Jones struggled with versus Santos stuffing takedowns avoiding getting uh stuck on his back and getting uh uh on bottom versus jones because that's where he would really struggle and likely get finished so uh reyes has a small path to victory in this fight like like chukagan a lot of things have to go right for reyes and he has to be ready to put in the fight of his life and i mean tiago santos got injured in the first 30 seconds of round two so john jones fought Thiago santos for 19 and a half minutes with a torn acl and jones did barely any damage to santos i mean he in my opinion lost three of four rounds when santos had a torn acl i mean it was a really inexcusable performance from jones i think that the scoring criteria in that fight when you analyze the fact that plan a is effective striking and effective grappling you are supposed to be able to determine who is the more effective striker or grappler 
And if you can't, which is really rare, if, you, if they're dead even, then you start looking to octagon control and aggression. And that's why I think people scored that fight for Jones is because they think, oh, he's controlling the center. Tiago is backing up. He's, I don't know, scared. I mean, the guy had a torn ACL. Of course, he's going to be backing up. But real judges like Giratino Camillo were able to recognize that despite backing up the entire time, Santos was landing the cleaner, harder strikes, and he beat John Jones that night. Tiago, or um, Camillo scored that fight three rounds to two for Santos, and the other judges, I think, had it uh, three rounds to two for Jones. So, I mean, Tiago's, or John Jones officially lost seven rounds on the scorecards versus seven of 15 rounds on the scorecards versus Tiago Santos. So I think it's it's clearly evident that the guy is declining. He never would have lost to a guy uh, on Tiago Santos' skill level Um you know, a few years ago, and I will, t- uh, one more last thing, a non-totally a- analytical note, but there, he is not a top five pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. If you think a top five pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC would go to a split decision with Tiago Santos and arguably lose to him, I mean, y- you're wrong. He is not, he's not an elite anymore. He's not the same fighter he once was, and there's, Quite frankly, a lot of delusion surrounding John Jones's aura, his legacy, his resume. I won't go into it too much further. I mean, I have said my piece. I, I talk about it a lot on Twitter. You can see my discussion on it there. Um, I would not consider myself a John Jones hater. I, w- I don't think this this hate is rooted from his PED usage or all the crimes and stuff that he committed. I just, from an analytical standpoint, I really do not think he's that special of a fighter, especially now at this point in his career. Now, the craziest thing of all that I'm about to say is I am still picking John Jones to win this fight. I still think he has three paths to victory in this fight. He could outkickbox Reyes on the feet. He could start working his clinch a lot more like he did versus Smith, and he has a really good clinch striking still. I will give him credit where it's due. His clinch striking is very good. He throws a lot of elbows, and he has a great understanding of control in the clinch where he knows how to tie up your wrist, and he knows how to strike and not be in danger. So I'll I'll give him credit. His clinch striking, I think, is still his best aspect. And then I think he can hit takedowns and win on the ground too. So there's just too many paths to victory uh, for Jones for for me to pick against him in this fight. and I still think that there is a pretty pretty decent gap between him and some of the other light heavyweights in the divisions. Like there I mean, light heavyweight is a pretty poor division, but I think that John Jones is still way ahead of the curve and uh, until we see um, my boy uh, Magomed Ankalaev challenged for the UFC title. I think John Jones will still be the UFC champion. So I'm picking John Jones to win by decision here. Uh, I don't think he'll be overly aggressive for the finish, but I think he probably wins about f- four, three or four rounds of this fight. I'm going to go with 49-46. Same prediction as the co-main event, and I will pick John Jones to retain his title. So uh, that is all for this podcast. I will have all my official bets and their prices up on my bet MMA tips page. I'll just give you a quick rundown i bet zalal at plus 205 i bet martinez at plus 113 newson at plus 108 uh let's see bautista at plus 110 and i believe that is all for for me so far we'll look to bet shevchenko decision john jones decision uh, the main event goes the distance maybe uh the co-main event goes the distance looking to bet trevin giles money line 
and uh, that'll probably do it. Maybe even uh, some live bets, of course, some live bets throughout the night. And uh, that, that's going to do it for this podcast. So this has been the UFC 247 edition of Martian MMA. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And I will catch you all next week before the next UFC card. Peace. Thank you.